Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the Ramsey White Property Finance Podcast. Uh, it gives me great pleasure to have a guest with us today, uh, Mike Underwood. So Mike is from Bridging VAT, so a specialist uh, VAT lender. So I thought it'd be great to have Mike to come on and share his expertise, what his role is at the firm, what they do in, the, in this market and how they can help our investor and developer clients move forward with some of their projects. So Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. No problem. Mike, do you want to uh, elaborate a bit on the intro about who you, who you are and what your role is at the firm and who, who the firm are and how they can help in this market? Sure. Yeah, no problem at all. Thanks, Joel. So my name is Mike Underwood. I'm the sales director for Bridging VAT. Um, we're a specialist lender and we operate purely in the VAT space, which is applied when commercial property is bought and sold. Um, so what we're known as a second charge lender. So we tend to sit behind senior debt and we fund purely that that 20% VAT on commercial property. Um, quite an interesting sort of specialism, very niche uh, in the industry, um, particularly prevalent for developers. Uh, that's sort of 99% of our, our client base at the moment. Um, and we've seen quite a big uplift in the last couple of years of developers purchasing commercial property for um, changing it into residential. Um, a bit driven by sort of PDR, uh, you know, permitted development rights, um, but also generally, you know, commercial properties. There's a lot of sort of old 1970s office blocks around, or pubs that are, are no longer trading as a pub, particularly in in today's world. And you know, a lot of these properties are, you know, quite well priced. They're also you know great locations. They tend to have parking with them. They sort of tick all the boxes and, and under PD rights, you can convert them into residential. Um, but obviously purchasing those types of properties, quite often they come with, with VAT. So um, really I'm sort of, um, my role within the company is to develop and work with those developers and uh, service their needs. But also um, I, I look after the distribution of the product and, and primarily that's through our broker network. Um, my background is I've worked for commercial developers um, here in the UK, but also building stuff overseas from everything from golf course resorts to beachfront hotels. Uh, and then I moved from the sort of the development side through into the financing side. So we used to sort of structure um, products for uh, raising capital for developers to allow them to go and build these, these fantastic things. Um, I did a stint as a commercial broker as well. So I understand the pressures that a lot of brokers are under. Uh, trying to find the best option and solution for their clients. Um, and then I joined um, Bridge and VAT, um, crikey, it was 2018 now, I think it was, going back. Um, and Bridge and VAT was, is quite an interesting space. Um, one of our founders was actually uh, funding uh, personally uh, developer contacts with him when they needed to pay for the VAT on purchasing sites. And it was really recognizing that that was a, a gap in the market uh, and a need that needed to be filled. And, and so we, we structured a, a product. Uh, you know, there's a small team of us here, but we've got you know, a, a tax expert, we've got a chartered accountant, myself on the development side and, and origination side. And we sort of took it to market and we started growing it slowly and reaching out to some of the trade bodies such as FIBA and Association of Short-Term lenders um, which we're obviously part of and it's been great you know we, we had a really really good couple of years obviously then 
COVID hit and mm. um, really sort of um, put the brakes on, on everything. And, and that's mainly because of the senior debt providers slowing down and becoming more cautious. Um, but we've got a really solid client base. We've got developers that are using us for their fourth, fifth, sixth loans now, uh, which is fantastic. Um, and yeah, it's um, it's a marketplace that's you know really growing. I think over the last sort of two and a half years, we've lent and recovered in excess now of sixty million pounds. So um, uh, and that's right across you know England, Scotland, uh, uh, and Wales. Yeah. So um, so although it's a, a niche product, it's one that when it comes up, it's really useful to, to know it's available in the marketplace. Yeah, I think um, credit to yourselves there, not only getting 60 million out the door is one thing, but actually recovering it as well as another, okay. which it, it, it definitely gives you confidence in the product and for the clients as well, that you can rinse and repeat that process. I'm not surprised that you've got developers who've kind of seen the benefits from the product and actually onto their yeah. second, third, fourth scheme. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, it's you know, part of uh, the product is actually lending the money and, and, and that's great. Um, but a, a big part of the work is actually the recovery from HMRC. And, you know, we know our way around the HMRC phone system. Um, you know, some some options take you off to a dead end. Some take you to someone that's helpful. Some take you to someone that's not very helpful. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're, we're pretty good at, uh, at that now. And, um, you know, the recovery and minimizing the amount of time the loan is out uh, is very important for us. Obviously, that reduces the cost for the client, and, you know, keeps their profit margins um, good. Um, but also, you know, it allows us to lend the money out. Uh, and we're, you know, institutionally funded. We have cash available. Uh, we can lend that money out, recover it as quickly as possible and lend it out again and, and just keep churning and churning it. So that's sort of a part of our, our business model. Um, but, you know, when you come to VAT, you know, it sort of falls under that, that tax bracket. Uh, you know, and, and automatically people get a little bit nervous. Yeah. They go, oh, well, you know, it's tax. I'm, I'm not a tax specialist, you know. Um, so hopefully today I can sort of just talk about some of the basics with, with VAT and commercial property. Um, certainly stuff that sort of every developer will probably know or should know. Uh, but certainly one thing that we've seen uh, in the last sort of 18 months is that you, you've got smaller, maybe first time developers that are maybe doing their first HMO or they've, they've been on a course and they now want to get into property development and yep. you know they need a little bit of guidance um, and also we're also seeing ideas for regenerating the town centres and high streets and the conversion from commercial uh, high street or, or commercial shops you know into residential is something I think we'll see an awful lot of over the next uh, you know 12 to 18 months my hometown of Bournemouth they've, they've just announced the old um Debenhams site is is gained planning permission now for apartments and, uh, and and park commercial. So I think you'll you'll see that as they start to look at how do we regenerate the town centres now that people well hopefully in the future will be allowed back into them. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's definitely a lot of change in the market. I think mentioned two things there. Um, so the the the, the first time investors and the, using a PD as well. So we see we work with a lot of investors who kind of go on that journey, buy their first few investment, buy to let's, then HMO, get a better yield, um, building up their team around them, a bit more experience. So they start maybe raising some money and start looking at the bigger projects to get better returns because they can kind of mitigate that risk with the experience they built up. But naturally, as you enter new territory, new things kind of 
uh, uh, start opening themselves up, for example, going into commercial, now potentially there's VAT liabilities. Uh, and I think that was one of the reasons I wanted you to have you on this podcast is because um, a lot of our clients are definitely in that space now where they're looking at the commercial conversions and um, some really amazing schemes, con- mm-hmm. converting old kind of solicitor practice, commercial kind of premises that have been dilapidated for years, but actually now they're going to be 10, 15 new mm-hmm. apartments and actually uh, there's a real need for it in 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 the in the locations that are that um they're going to be developed um so what should what should a developer like moving into that space should be looking out for if they're kind of going for they've got built their residential portfolio and they're now moving yeah. into commercial how yeah. should they even would they even they don't even know this on the radar right so you said <laughs> developers would but what should they be looking out for in that respect well, the first bit of advice is always come and talk to someone like yourself joel you know a, a good broker commercial finance broker on their side you know, will be able to say, have you considered this? Have you looked at that? Do you know, actually, if you set up an SPV, you could do it this way. And uh, and so the value that uh, a really good commercial broker can add to a client, um, I can't stress that enough. So, you know, um, so the first, you know, like I say, speak to someone like yourself, Joel, you know, vast experience in the world of finance and, and commercial property. And, you know, that, that they should be able to guide you. In terms of commercial property and VAT in the UK, so the sale of UK commercial property is generally an exempt supply, uh, which means no VAT. Um, and residential property is, is always an exempt supply. So it only ever applies to commercial property, the potential of having VAT on it. And basically, if the property has got VAT in it, that means that the owner has opted it into the tax system. And that's a key phrase. The VAT has uh, been opted, or the property has been opted in to the tax system. And once the property is opted in, the owner must charge VAT, which is known as an output VAT. Because you've got to remember, VAT is just an input and output tax. And that registered companies act as the tax collector for HMRC. So the difference between the input and output. So with the property opted in, uh, the owner must charge VAT. So that's output VAT on all supplies associated with the property. So that's rent and any consideration for future sales. Um, but having the property opted in, they can also recover the input VAT on all purchases associated with the property. So repairs, you know, maintenance services um, and circa 80 percent of UK commercial property is opted into the tax system. So if you're in this space and you're looking at commercial property, whether it be through an auction or, or private sale or, or just open market, um, there's eight out of 10 chance you're gonna, you're gonna come across a property that's opted into the VAT system. So a lot of people say to me, you know, why is VAT applied? And you know, as we know, the you know, starting point is that all property is exempt. Um, but if the property is completely exempt, i.e. not in the, in the tax system, then the, the vendor or landlord can't recover any uh, VAT incurred on associated costs. Uh, and a really good example of that is that if you owned a hotel, and maybe every five to ten years you're gonna you know re-carpet, redo the rooms, you might upgrade the air conditioning. Those contractors are going to charge you VAT on that work. And unless that property is in the VAT system, you're unable to recover the VAT. So um, as an ongoing process, it's normally better for the company to have the, the property it owns in the VAT system. Yeah. So for example, if it's a trade in business then mm-hmm. it's, it's more than likely to opt in just to kind of offset costs um, yeah. running yeah. typical costs within running that building 
absolutely right and the general rule of thumb is um if the 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 industry or the the business charges vat in its products and services then it's more likely if it owns the building to have the building in so conversely if they don't charge vat such as <clears throat> dentists or or care uh things like that um you know uh, banking um you know if they're not charging vat it's very unlikely that they're going to have vat on their on their property yeah uh, so that's the general rule of thumb one of the exceptions though is that if the commercial building is under three years old then it's sold with vat so if you're looking at buying a new build commercial unit um you will be paying vat on top of that so if it's under three years old is, is one of the rules do you see many of them like under three uh, years it's like i'm occasionally yeah, yeah occasionally um you know that sort of owner owner occupied yeah um it does come up i mean there's a couple of new new build estates down in kent um where we've you know we've quoted on a bit of work down there um we had um uh, a company in the aerospace industry that were were down in the west country and they were um uh, moving to much larger premises because their orders had, had really taken off um so um so yeah they were they obviously had to pay on that side yeah, so um, so charging, so once you, the property's opted into the system, um, it's largely irrevocable. It's in for sort of circa 20 years plus. So it is an important decision to make. Um, and then when they come to sell or lease the property, they charge charge 20% VAT. Um, and like I said, it's um, eight out of 10 commercial properties will be in the, in the, in the VAT system. Uh, and we see it quite a lot. So in terms of coming across a property that you want to purchase, um, and, and I always tend to use the sort of the developer example, um, you know, uh, there's a number of ways that that can do that, that you can actually remove the VAT or, or disapply the VAT. The first is um, what's known as a transfer of going concern or, or um, known in the industry as a TOGC. So that's where um, you generally you're buying the business, you're buying a revenue stream. So that might be a scenario where you've got a, uh, a client and you're, say, your property management company and you're buying a commercial property off another property management company and there's a, a tenant in the building. Yep. And that tenant might be on a 20 year lease, it might be cost of coffee. Um, so in that scenario, you know, you're, you're buying the building with the revenue stream of cost of coffee's long-term lease yeah so you it's a transfer of going concern so in that scenario it would be no vat yeah okay um that tends to apply quite a lot when you go to a lot of the property auctions and you know the the the, the selling the properties with a sitting tenant with a tenant with a long-term yeah. lease in both so even though it will say plus vat on the on the on the sales list you know normally it, it's normally a transfer of going concern yeah. so a togc is the first way of of not paying vat in a legal uh, manner yeah so just check so i guess check in but what's the plans of the property if you're keeping it the the the, the client in there the um the business in there and they're paying yep. you effectively rent against the lease then that's yep. going to concern so it just rolls over absolutely yeah tog so the first question is you know why are you your, what are your plans for the building who's in it at the moment what's its tax status so yeah. those are the normal things you look at on, on commercial property the second uh, way and uh, that you can legally uh, um, avoid paying VAT on a commercial pro property purchase is using something called a 1614D procedure. Okay. Uh, I'll, re I'll repeat that for our listeners on the podcast. It's uh, HMRC 1614D procedure. Now, 
in essence, the, the 1614D procedure is a form that the buyer presents to the seller, which says, I'm not going to pay VAT on this purchase. So even though the property is plus VAT, mm -hmm. uh, it, so again, example might be buying a pub that's closed. Yeah. And, you know, the pub charged VAT on its food and drink, et cetera, et cetera, was in the VAT system. Developers coming in and they're going to um, convert the pub into apartments. You know, we see this, you know, an awful lot at the moment. And um, because residential, remember residential is exempt from VAT, yeah. no VAT on residential, because the developers, you know, converting into residential will be selling those apartments as residential and not charging VAT, they don't want to pay VAT on the purchase of the, of the property. So with the, the 164D, it literally says to the seller, um, I'm not going to pay VAT. Now, the seller has to agree. Okay, it's completely the seller's choice. Yeah. Um, and it has to be done prior to the price being legally fixed. So you can't do it post exchange, for example. Yeah, yeah. So, excuse me. So, you, you know, prior to the, the price being legally fixed, you know, present that 1614D to the seller and say, I'm not going to pay VAT. And then the seller may agree, they may not. The reasons why they may not is because uh, that does have ramifications to the seller. Okay. Uh, and I'll, I'll use a bit of a sort of, you know, example here um, that we, we talk about quite a bit. So if we look at, say, a pub bought four years ago uh, for £500,000 and it was bought um, and VAT was charged on the purchase. So it had VAT of £100,000. So the owners bought the pub for £500,000, paid an additional £100,000 for the tax man VAT. You know, COVID's hit, recession's hit, no one goes to pubs anymore. Um, but they've managed to get planning permission to change it into apartments and they've got a developer that's interested. So the developer wants to take advantage of that planning permission and presents a 1614D to the seller and says, uh, I'm not going to pay VAT. And the sale now becomes what's known as an exempt supply. Okay. But there's what's known as the capital goods scheme which comes into effect here. Now, because the property costs more than 250,000 and it's less than 10 years ago, um, the capital goods scheme applies. So the seller now has to repay back to HMRC a percentage of the VAT that they recovered when they purchased it. And the simple calc calculations are effectively, if 100,000 pound was paid to HMRC and then recovered back from HMRC, it's been you know, four years since then. So £100,000 divided by 10 equals £10,000 a year. So the seller now has to repay HMRC £60,000. Got it. Okay. In, in, that was VAT that they recovered when they first bought the pub four years ago. Yeah. So once you, so in effect, you're taking the, the pub out of the VAT system. Mm -hmm. So that, that VAT that was recovered needs to be repaid back to HMRC. So the seller might go, no. No, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, you've got to pay VAT on it. Yeah. Yeah. They could. They could refuse. Could so in some scenarios, could they go well, selling for X, my liability, if you don't pay VAT, VAT is sixty. So as long as yeah. that's included in the price, yeah. rather than them paying maybe a hundred thousand pounds. In yeah, market. yeah, you're you're absolutely right. You know, we, we've seen situations where um, you know the the, the seller's gone well. Yeah, absolutely, my liability is X. Yeah. So if you, I'm going to add that to the purchase or the agreed price yeah. to cover my liability. Um, 
you know, and, you know, that obviously increases the amount of equity that the developer needs to put in. It increases the amount of fees they're going to pay. It means yeah. it increases their LTV. They're going to sort of borrow against. Um, and, and all of those scenarios could potentially um, affect the funding gap that's created um, with VAT on it. So, you know, we, we've had situations where I know developers that will only ever buy properties that they can do a successful 1614D on. Yeah. Um, you know, they walk away otherwise. Um, but it's always worth looking at whether actually disapplying the VAT and renegotiating the price is more cost effective than actually just taking out a bridging loan, uh, you know, a specialist VAT bridging loan yeah. um, and covering it. Because actually, when you work through the numbers and the cost in terms of you know, reducing the sort of stamp duty and professional fees, um, it might be more um, advantageous to actually take out a bridging loan. Uh, yeah. But again, that's something, you know, that, you know, a developer can really get value for money out of their broker uh, and, and people like us by talking to us and saying, this is the situation. This is what we're looking to do. Uh, and these are our numbers, you know, and and that applies to a lot of the scenarios when you know, VAT comes up on purchase. You know, we, we've had situations where clients have already exchanged and they've just realized that the VAT is, is payable on, on completion. Yeah. Um, it, it does happen, believe yeah. it or not. Yeah. Um, we've had situations where we've had clients come to us and say, my joint venture partner has offered to put the VAT in, increase his share, but he wants a greater percentage on the sales at the back end. Yeah. Uh, you know, and actually, if you work the numbers, you know, a bridging loan will be cheaper at the front end than it will be sharing the profit more at the back end. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really a case of looking at, at each situation, each deal, what the end goal is, what the margins are. Um, and obviously one of the things that affects that is the potential in terms of the loan to value and the amount of equity that actually is available for the developer. Um, Cause I mentioned earlier, and you know, we talk about it quite a bit in this industry about the funding gap that actually gets presented because of uh, the VAT scenario on commercial property. Uh, and what I mean by that, that funding gap is that if you look at sort of a, a property cross, uh, cost of a million pounds, and uh, you'll know better than me, Joel, but you know, um, loan to values are you know, under pressure at the moment in the commercial industry or the commercial finance world. Um, yeah, I think you know, there was definitely, obviously because of COVID, there was the, the commercial lenders were, that were and still are concerned about who, what's the end user you know is there a demand for that tenant is there business mm -hmm. needed in mm -hmm. that area and um, ultimately are you going to be able to repay the, the long-term loan and i guess um that then rolls onto the development lenders because what's the exit are you going to be selling refinancing if you're converting to residential obviously um it's a whole different market um, yeah absolutely and i've heard anecdotally and this is not verbatim but i've heard that the the average loan to value across the sector in the last quarter of last year was actually below 60% loan to value. Um, so I, I know there's companies that will advertise, they'll do 70, 80%, but in, in real terms, the clients that, 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 that get those, you know, a few and far between, uh, and the industry average in the last quarter was, was actually below 60% loan to value. Yeah, no, very interesting. Yeah. We definitely seen loan to value drop over because of the COVID. Um, we've mm -hmm. seen some lenders like now increasing or advertising 
as the yeah. higher lane for value. So uh, I guess, like you said as well, so you've got to look at the deal on its own merits and okay. really the devil's in the detail and look at the numbers. And I think that's what we always do as a commercial brokerage. What are you buying it for? What's it worth today? How much are you going to spend mm-hmm. on it? Do you have a contingency in place? Have you factored in in that? Um, you know, what's it going to be worth vacant possession? And then yeah. what's it going to be worth once it's fully occupied or or, or the end value if you're going to be selling it uh, selling it on and how much your equity are you putting into the deal your JV partners and where especially on the commercial where is that gap to get the deal done and sometimes and, and most times it's the VAT that needs plugging which actually hasn't even been factored in at all so yeah. having someone like yourselves there who can kind of step in and take care of it has allowed many deals to get done so well, we you're absolutely right and we used to always say that 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 funding gap was 30 percent you know in terms of a 70 percent loan to value you know and as long as the developer's got 30 percent equity you know to put into the deal you can secure that that deal um you know obviously that's come down a little bit now but but even on a on a 30 percent um equity on on say a million pound property that's three hundred thousand pounds and then if you've got to pay vat on top that's an additional 20 percent so that that funding gap is not three hundred thousand pounds actually five hundred thousand pounds you know and yes you get the money back from hmrc and recovery but you still got to come up with it in in the first point you know and we all know cash flow is king particularly when you're you're you know, starting uh developments and, and getting them off, up and ground so so absolutely using us as a um as part of the funding mix in your funding stack uh you know you can actually get your loan to value actually really quite high you know because you're 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 almost you know, stacking the loans, you know, the the fine, you know, the, the the purchase loan, and then obviously the the VAT loan on top. You know, it's it's reducing the amount of equity that the developer needs to come up with up up front, which opens up bigger opportunities and better opportunities for developers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in terms of uh, the 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 VAT itself, do you fund for the audience listening? Will you fund fifty percent of the VAT, a hundred percent of the VAT? How does that work for for the for the listeners in? In terms, of, obviously, we yeah. spoke second charge, and yeah, yeah. So it's a great question. So we fund 100% of the VAT. So 100% of that VAT liability we fund, and we provide it um, to the lawyers for completion to be paid upon completion. So it goes direct from us to the lawyers. Um, we also become the VAT agent for the client. So our preference is, you know, clients using special purpose vehicles (SPVs) to facilitate. Uh, the purchase, excuse me, and they get those registered with HMRC. Uh, and that does take four to five weeks sometimes. So, you know, if you've got a completion coming up, yeah, you, you need to get it, you know, get it in and get it registered for VAT with HMRC. Um, our preference is to put that SPV on, on monthly or quarterly reporting. And then we do all of the chasing uh, with HMRC to get the recovery done as quickly as possible. And we've got a number of ways of doing that. Uh, with the pre-compliance that we do with HMRC, um, we can set um, tax points early on in the stage if a deposit's being paid. So there's a number of ways that we are able to minimise that. Because um, you have to bear in mind that uh, HMRC won't talk to you for the first 21 days after a, re- after a return. Um, you literally can't get anything out of them. So if you can do the pre-compliance and, and, and questions with HMRC to say, look, this is what's happening. This is a, a purchase that's been made. There's a large recovery taking place. Let's get all the pre-compliance. So, so if, if, if the HMRC needs to come and do any sort of inspection or, or, or questions, it's all there lined up for them. Um, so 
again, timing that completion is quite important. And uh, for example, if you time a completion for say the 20th of uh, March and your first VAT return is the 1st of April, you've only got a short space of 10 days before you can actually put the return into HMRC. Yeah. Uh, then you've got the 21 day period. You know, um, the quickest we've ever done it is around about 26 days uh, from loan to recovery, um, yeah. uh, which is which is great. So and does that? So does that? Does that? The, so they, you, you find 100 percent of the uh, the VAT liability firm, which is great. It gaps yeah. that kind of uh, the, the funding gap there for the for the developer. Uh, yeah. What, what sort of um, that, would they pay any fees for that? Like obviously with the, of the bridging loan valuation fees, et cetera, how, how will you structure the kind of understanding of the loan and sure. take you back off the, the, the senior debt? Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we piggyback off the senior debt. So we don't require additional valuation. We will want to see the, the valuation that's done by the, uh, the senior debt providers. Our, our main thing is to make sure that the VAT is recoverable because ultimately it's, it's HMRC that are paying the loan back. Yeah. And, um, so we want to make sure that there's no reason why HMRC might go, oh, actually, chaps, that's that's a transfer of going concern and, uh, and no VAT should be paid. Yeah. Um, there's a little known scenario that if you pay VAT to HMRC in error, um, they're under no legal obligation to repay it. Okay. So, um, yeah. So what, uh, a, a very good tip for, for commercial property purchasers, if the seller says, yeah, I think there's VAT on it, but you know, I'm not sure. Um, I can't find the uh, certificate to opt in, um, but just pay it. You'll be all right. Um, yeah, don't do that. Um, it yeah, it's, it, yeah, because you end up, um, you know, uh, if it's paid in error, you won't get it back from HMRC. You end up suing the lawyers that told you to do it and all that sort of thing. And it gets very messy. So you, you don't want to be in that situation, you know. Um, so absolutely. You know, it's part of our, our due diligence. We're looking at the recoverability more than anything else and make sure everything is structured with the VAT return and VAT registration is all, all, all compliant. So to go back to your question, so we, as we see a second charge, we're behind the senior debt. So we move as fast or as slow as the senior debt. You know, if it's an urgent completion, we can move as quickly as, as five working days. We do charge a fee uh, on formal offer. So effectively, we provide an illustration, first of all, if the client is happy with that illustration and that, that will list out the total cost to the client. So we don't hide any admin fees or we don't charge exit fees. It's just a, this is what it's gonna cost you based on a recovery of either 30 through to 90 days. Those are our, our, our terms. And generally we'll fund anything from 100,000 VAT liability right up to about 5 million. And um, the process of uh, the illustration saying, yep, happy with that. We can then go to formal offer the client will then pay a loan processing fee and the rest of the fees and interest is rolled up and added to the back end of the loan payable upon recovery. So in effect, it's um, you know a, a fairly low cost solution to get that VAT liability done uh, and paid so that the client can secure that site that they really want. Exactly. Okay, that's brilliant. Uh, are you seeing, is there anywhere in the UK that you won't fund? Is it all, are you kind of all over the UK? um you've seen yeah yeah all, all over all over the uk um you know we see everything um from just normal straight lands uh, old builders yards you know a lot of office blocks can convert into residential pubs uh, obviously seem seem to be the, the, the key thing at the moment uh, as well you know but but one thing i will, will always say um 
if you're unsure come and talk to us you know we're, we're we're a friendly bunch and you know we're very happy to look at the 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 project and you know if there's a way of of giving you the best um solutions to the the situation you're looking at well we'll put, certainly point you in the right direction now sometimes that 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 would mean not taking a loan with us and that's absolutely fine you know we, we look at the bigger picture you know and a number of times we've had clients that, and we've looked at it and said hey did you know if you do this and look at that you can actually you know reduce your VAT liability or um, or in our opinion this might be a transfer of going concern we suggest you go and talk to the lawyers again you know the, those scenarios um, it costs nothing to ask the question and to find out you know the situation yeah I think for yourselves as well you're taking a long-term approach there because actually giving the client the right advice on what they should do and they'll remember that on their next scheme and think you know I'll come back as actually they might need the assistance to move forward and you've definitely done the right thing I think we always try and take that approach of our clients as well yeah, it's the, it's the company ethos, you know, to, to do the right things for the clients. Absolutely. You know, because, you know, they win, we win. And there's nothing great, I think, seeing a developer secure that that unit and, you know, and turn it into an amazing development. You know, it gives us a real buzz to see that, you know, we've been involved in, in that. And we've some, seen a number of really great developments. Um, there was one in Birmingham, which I thought was absolutely fantastic. Uh, one just outside of London as well, which, you know, was, which was an old office block. Um, great location. You know, it was superb and it was just great to be part of that. And what we tend to find is, you know, the, the reasons why the developers are, are using us and coming back to us is um, it can really be broken down into, you know, having that ability to retain your capital. And once you've retained your capital, you know, you can enhance your deal capacity. You know, you can go and secure more sites. Um, you know, where one client uh, a couple of years ago that said, wish I'd known about you sooner because I, last year I had a million pound tied up at HMRC waiting for my accountant to chase them to get the money back and I missed out on two sites you know which we, we know good sites are like gold dust and, and people go after them so if you've got cash why tie it up at HMRC you know absolutely go and secure those other opportunities um, and we're also seeing us being used where there's down valuations we know uh, I'm sure you you come across this you know, um, you know valuers are cautious at the moment um you know uh, i was told a story last week about um a down valuation because the the value valuer um thought the kitchen was a bit tired uh and he reported that back on his valuation to the lender and the lender reduced their ltv because they thought the kitchen um even though the client had a, a contingency fund which they'd already said we're going to be you know in the, in kitchen. the kitchen yeah yeah um so you know the underwriters are nervous. The the senior debt guys are, are nervous. The valuers have got this COVID clause in their in their valuations, which basically says, "Don't blame us if it's worth nothing at all." Um, yeah. So you know, we see down valuations, and, and and where clients really want to you know secure that property, they're going to put more equity in um, to you know to get get to the point where they can secure it. That reduces their their capital. Um, you know, and it creates a shortfall, you know, especially when there's you know, VAT in that scenario. In terms of LTVs and us, we really don't care. Um, you know, the client could be absolutely maxed out on, on their LTV. Um, that's of no consequence to us. You know, as I said before, we're all about the recoverability from HMRC yeah. of, of, of the VAT loan. So, you know, we lend whether, whether others don't. Um, yeah, for you guys, I best it's basically looking at it and go, well, can we get this money back if we lend it as simple as that? And if we can, then let's move forward. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and the developers that retain their capital, you know, they can generally start quicker and starting quicker, you know, means you can finish quicker, which means you can turn the project into cash again. Um, you know, and it's, yeah, and I, and I know absolutely, um, you know, we're not going to be there on every deal uh, and we completely understand that. And it's one of those scenarios where you you will come across it at some point uh, and actually you'll go, okay, I've got a solution, um, you know, which is bridging VAT, you know, and not only will they lend, but they'll manage all the recovery for us as well. So we can just crack on and get on and, and, and do the development. And I'm not worried about phoning HMRC, sitting on the phone for two hours, trying to get through to someone to say, where's my, my recovery of my, my VAT? So, you know, that's, that's what we do. Uh, spot on. I think um, when you speak to the average person, they'll be like, you know, VAT is boring topic. Don't want to talk about it. But actually, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and finance in general, right? I find that when I do presentations, people don't really, you know, it's, it's finance is not the most uh, exciting, but I, I find it exciting and I find this exciting. And the reason yeah. why is because I see the right type of client will take this and they might listen and they go take one kind of point from it and go, do you know what? I can use that. And I can leverage mm. it into my business, mm. uh, which will actually allow me to grow a lot quicker, move in the right direction. Like you mentioned that developer who said, I wish I'd known about this last year where I'd have taken that million pound and was tied mm. up at HMRC and had two other sites. So actually something that's not that quite exciting, but actually if used in the right way, what is exciting is doing more deals and having a profitable business and uh, excelling where others are kind of prohibited because they, they don't understand what's available to them. So yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely right. You know, rule 101 of developers, you know, if you use someone else's money to do something, you know, why not? You know, that's, yeah. that's the key thing. And, um, and yeah, you, you, you're right. I get excited about it. I've, I've been in property all my life, um, you know, and I've been in finance you know, since 2012. Um, and I enjoy putting these deals together and looking at each site and, and, and thing on its merits and, and, and figuring a solution, which is the best scenario for the client. Um, you know, it's just unfortunate, you know, when, when I'm at dinner parties and people say, what do you do? I say, you know, VAT and they just, yeah, the face, <laughs> the face goes and, uh, yeah, I'm not an accountant though. I'm definitely not an accountant. Not an accountant. <laughs> okay. So, so Mike, talk to us a bit about the, the loan criteria then. What does, yeah. what, 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 what's involved in that? Obviously I know there's some about look, recouping the money, but anything else that the audience should be aware of? Yeah. Ideally we want to work with SPV, special purpose vehicles. Yeah. Um, so are, if, they, if they've got are, a limited company set up, an SPV, then, yep. and it's not registered for VAT and they've just had an offer accepted, then they can. Yep. We, we can the start the, the, yeah, we can start the process, but you know, um, the, the, the vehicle will need to be back registered for the completion. So, you know, we yeah. can't uh, for that. Um, you know, w what we always look at, you know, is effectively, you know, the SPV uh, is set up and registered with HMRC. That's, you know, pretty important. Um, who's providing the senior debt? Because um, there are a couple of senior debt providers out there that won't allow a second charge uh, behind them. But we've got, I say, a very good relationship with probably 95% of the, the main players out there in the marketplace. Yeah. So certainly all those sort of tier two alternative lenders, a lot of the, 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 the bridging and, and property specialists, um, you know, they're very fine to have us sit behind them because we have an intercreditor deed with those lenders that allows a payment of the VAT. Yeah. Um, generally, you know, the, our average term is 45 days. So we're in and out, you know, quickly. Um, you know, the senior, yeah, the senior debt shouldn't really be affected. So, you know, that that's generally where we sit. So, in terms of the clients, you know, just if you're looking, you know, let us know the property, uh, what your plans are for the property, 
anticipated time scale that you're looking to complete. Um, we know that, that that tends to move with commercial property yeah. uh, forwards and backwards. Um, and also, you know, the senior debt structure, um, you know, in terms of who's looking likely to, to fund it, because there might be a solution for the VAT on that side. So we look at all angles for the client. Because uh, obviously, you know, we want to get the best outcome for the client. Um, yeah, and, and that's the real main thing. You know, we'll, we'll look at um, uh, offshore entities purchasing. We look at SIPs and SASs as well, purchasing commercial property, uh, as long as the you, you fall in line with the, the pension regulations about 50% borrowing. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. you can't borrow more than 50% of the net asset value of a pension fund. So as long as the, the borrowing is beneath that, you know, we, we do that. So we've done are they, deals. Are they with, comfortable? Because obviously the pension, like the SIPs and SASs, they, they always want first charge. Are they normally comfortable with you guys having second charge and that's that works mm. okay? Yeah. yeah. We've seen yeah. a lot of, a lot of uh, developers using SIPs and SAS, SIPs, uh, SASs for, for commercial purchases. Um, yeah. As you said, the, as long as they can get 50 or 50% of the borrowing isn't, isn't exceeded. That's yeah, it. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've done a few deals on that. So, you know, that's, um, that's been, you know, quite a good avenue for us, to be honest with you. Um, so, but yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll look at all things and scenarios and, and, and trying to help the client the best we can. Um, uh, and like I say, absolutely specialist quite niche area of the in, of the industry um yeah. but but a great solution you know when when the situation comes up yeah absolutely and do you think that the bridge and vat company is a uh thoughts in the pipeline about maybe bringing other products to market like second charge products or first or you kind of yeah. content with what you guys are doing at the moment we, we've we've talked about things I, I won't lie um but you know i think there's um Sometimes it's good just to be, you know, really specialist in what you do and do it the best you, you possibly can. Yeah. Um, sometimes if you've got too many different things, you know, if we're doing invoice financing or, you know, tax credits and, and things like that. Um, and, and that's quite important to, to know, you know, what, what we don't do is trading companies that have got a back bill. Yeah. You know, that, um, that that's not us. You know, we're, 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 we're specialists, we're niche, we know what we do and we do it well. And that's provide the VAT on commercial property purchases. So that's really, um, really where we are. You know, and and you know, as we come towards the end of hopefully of, of lockdown 3.0, uh, we'll see where this year takes us. We we certainly feel there's a huge pent up demand in in the industry at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I think lenders want to lend. You know, as it comes out, and clients want to buy. And I think there's some great opportunities out there. Uh, and we know from previous experiences, uh, you know, where, where the recession has taken place or, or, or a dramatic effect on the financial markets, cash and liquidity becomes king and it opens up opportunities. So this is just another way of being able to retain that liquidity and that capital for opportunities as we come forward into uh, 2021. Uh, I agree there. I think lending at the moment is the rates are still very, very competitive. Loan to values mm -hmm. are kind of yep. creeping up in, and depends on which asset class you're looking at. Uh, lenders want to lend, which is which is great. They seem to want to lend at the moment. And there mm -hmm. is a real appetite to do deals, especially with the investors and developers. Kind of, They want to keep moving their business forward. Uh, last year, it's kind of like, well, what does, what's happening? Which way do we go? Do we pivot? How do we adapt and move mm -hmm. forward? But this yeah. year, definitely hit, hit the clients have hit the ground running. Um, and it's, it depends on the project itself. Are they adding value? What's the exit? And um, I think people have learned from history and trying to actually build a more robust portfolio. 
and uh, yeah, no, it, it's exciting times indeed in terms of of the opportunities that that will be out there. So you guys see it very very optimistic about the, this year, obviously. Covid permitted. Um, <laughs> hopefully, we, this is the end. Obviously, people more 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 people having a vaccine now, and and uh, yeah, which is great news. Yeah, yeah, great news, and things can start opening up. So, for the property market, you 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 guys are seeing it positive and staying niche in your in in your discipline and moving forward with that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny because the week before Christmas, um, which you know tradition is always dead, and you know I sat here with my Christmas jumper on, um, and I actually had the most inquiries I've ever had in a, in a week. It was it was phenomenal, and and yes, there were four developments that were looking to complete in in sort of March and April, mm-hmm. um, but that just sort of shows us that there was you know there was just this pent up enthusiasm to get moving again, particularly on the uh, you know on the commercial property, and there were some great projects that were landing in my inbox you know in terms of developments and and quite a few you know sort of retail to, to residential uh, as well which you know i i believe is really gonna be maybe a bit of a driver through this year and, and on to next um so you know i'm looking forward to seeing that but you know we're here um we're we're financially solid we're sound and you know we're keen to work with clients and we're very very happy to have this opportunity to you know um tell your 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 listeners what we do uh and we look forward to working with you a bit more joel as well brilliant likewise mike thank you very much for that uh guys listening hope you got some value for today's episode obviously it's all about vat uh bridging finance it can fund the gap in your developments of commercial purchases so if you're interested in commercial uh purchases and you're looking to fund them deals and want to know a bit more about the vat element of it um, then reach out to us obviously you can get us at inquiries at ramsayandwhite.com and obviously we can put you in touch with Mike and his team there and hopefully get you some terms so you can understand this further and how it can apply to, to your business. Mike, thank you very much again for your time. Thank you very much for having me. Cheers. Thanks, Mike.